You're listening to The Cold Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Brandt. I am the co-founder of Blacksmith Shop turned forging press manufacturing thing, Coal Ironworks. Today we're talking about just the ins and outs of setting up um, unskilled workers to do jobs that you are unsure that they know how to do. <laughs> so I'm, I'm on my drive home and I'm thinking about uh, the, so, you know, we've got the CNC machine set up. I've got a couple guys that are working for us that um, I have been standing in front of the CNC machine now for the last couple weeks, um, setting them up. So I'm, I'm putting in, I'm writing programs from scratch. I'm setting up uh, the tools and all the tooling offsets for every single part and basically teaching myself how to do this. Um, And so I'm at a point where I've got most of the programs down and I've got most of the tooling set up and I, I... I need to be able to step back and start to go back to my real job, um, which is, you know, setting up and running the company. And so, um, what I'm trying to figure out is, you know, I I do not, this, this machine in particular, I I really do not want to set someone up for failure and I definitely can't put them in the position to say, yeah, sit here and press this button and, uh, you know, something goes wrong. Just let me know. I don't want to do that. I want to set them up for success. I want them to feel confident that not only do they know what is expected of them, um, but also they're safe and they can be putting out good parts. So, my strategy as I'm thinking about this, and you're hearing it first, uh, I'm literally talking to myself about this as I'm, as I'm recording, is um, I need to introduce them to the machine. I need to introduce them to what the machine does and, and why. Um, one of the big uh, fundamental points for working with the CNC that, that helped me understand was how you communicate to the machine. And I don't think I need to go too in depth with that for someone that, 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 you know, is just getting started. Um, I can absolutely step in and assist if there needs to be an adjustment made, um, or, you know, something breaks, but they need to know what things sound like. Um, and if there's an odd amount of vibration and what the, the spindle load should look like, um, you know, that's a lot of information and I'm starting from scratch. So, uh, the people that I'm wanting to put in this position have a little bit of experience working on manual machines, but as someone that has taught myself and spent so much time in the trenches, literally, uh, you know, breaking stuff as I'm trying to get everything put together, um, that is experience that you just can't fake. So you either have it or you don't. And so, okay, my strategy here, what I'm thinking is introduce them to the machine and the basic functions of the machine, X, Y, Z. Um, I don't need them to be setting up tools. I just need them to be able to pull up the program uh, that we need them to run 
and then know how to install the parts. Most of our parts uh, have uh, drilling or milling done on uh, in, in two axes. So most of them have a stop in the middle of the program where you have to go into the machine, clean everything off, uh, flip the part in a specific direction, and then clamp and restart the program. Um, or, you know, hit start and continue the program. And the way that I've attempted to do this in the past is, you know, print out uh, images and have just reference material available because, um, you know, if you've ever heard of or read the book, The E-Myth, it's a fantastic book, really defined uh, my outlook on being an entrepreneur and how to set up a business and that, you know, oftentimes the missing link in a small, small, small business um, is consistency. Consistency in the systems and standards that you create and expect and uh, consistency in the the communication of um, those standards and that information and those systems to the people that are working for you and your customers. Um, Setting their expectations and then meeting them. Um, So... I, I want to make sure that I've got enough reference material available to them that, you know, I'm thinking really simple for this first run. I'm going to print out some black and white images of, you know, program 1604. Here's which part that makes. Here's how you load the part in uh, up until the stop. At the stop, you know, do this. Move, uh, clean it off and uh, blow it off and uh, open the vise, flip it, you know, make sure that the the parallel or, you know, whatever um, kind of fixture or jig we're utilizing is secure. And uh, then shut the doors and continue the program. Um, I think that having reference material available just gives people a little bit of a buffer when they're learning something. Um, what we've done on the manual mills or specifically by the, the big Bridgeport series two is we have, uh, what are called standard sheets for the main, uh, parts that were machined on, on that big mill. Um, what the standard sheets do is they, they're just literally a step-by-step breakdown of what you're machining it's not a blueprint. It's not, it's not really an in-depth drawing. It gives you the basic dimensions and it gives you the steps, the, the order of operations. Um, and we, we want to teach from that, but we also, uh, want people to have it handy. Even when I was, when I was setting up the program for the parts, I pulled those out and just said, you know, like what, what are the, the really important dimensions here? I based it off of the standards sheets because, you know, that's been the, the Bible for us for the, making those parts for the last couple, couple of years. Um, so what I'm realizing though is because I'm doing everything kind of for the first time, my offsets are changing a lot. And uh, I started with one vice, then I put a second vice on there, and then I, you know, wasn't able to keep them really parallel to each other. Um, and so what happened was uh, I ran apart this morning and utilizing both vices, and it went over to the second vice, and the second vice had just very slightly shifted, you know, maybe 
couple thousands, just not, not a lot, but it had shifted enough and I hadn't noticed. And, uh, when a, the drill passed through the part, um, cause it's drilling a through hole, it, it was really close to the edge and actually grabbed the parallel and chattered the drill bit really bad. Um, still usable. However, um, I did go ahead and, you know, take the time then to stop what I was doing, take everything apart and clean and retram, dress everything up, make sure it's, it's right. It's where it needs to be. Um, what I found was the two vices that we have, I believe they're both Wilton vices. Um, uh, Kurt, Kurt, I think they're both Kurt vices. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but what I noticed is that they are a few thousands different because they, they have different jaws installed. And, you know, uh, I, I know to probably, uh, more experienced machine shops, it's really common to have lots of different jaws and swap them out. That's not really how we've been used to doing things. And so, um, I'm going to go ahead and and get in some aluminum jaws for the, uh, for the other vice. And then I'll just machine them so that they are both exactly the same. I think that'll be a really easy way. If you have another way, send me a DM on Instagram. If you've got any thoughts on that, because I would love to hear it, um, from somebody that's got more experience than I do, because this is definitely a learning process. So anyway, I set that up. What I ended up doing is actually, uh, dismounting the, the, the secondary vice and remounting it with clamps, you know, uh, T-slot clamps down to the table rather than using the slots on the side just so that I could absolutely get the, uh, the vice jaws, the back jaws to stop, um, fixed jaws, uh, exactly in line with one another, um, over their distance it, to the best of my ability using a, uh, uh, half a thou test indicator. And, um, I got it, you know, within very close margin. And for the parts that we work, we're not talking tenths. We're, we're you know, if, if we're 10,000, we're, we're good. Uh, everything fits together really nicely. And, uh, the final adjustability built into the, you know, the design of, of the things that we're building, um, just loves that, <laughs> that level of tolerance. So, um, that, that all works really well for us. And so back to the original purpose, the the original thought here, uh, having reference material close by, I think is going to be really important. And, uh, what I'm really hoping, what I'm, what I'm thinking I need to do is kind of schedule everyone out. Just, you know, we're not going to be doing any production for this entire day. Um, it may need to be a half day. We've been just really receiving a lot of orders, um, you know, after the stimulus checks went out and I think people are just ready to do something at this point, you've, you've, you know, been home and, and it's like, you know, I, I want to, I want to set myself up. I want to try something new. I want to see what I can do. Maybe, um, take my hobby a little more seriously and see if I can't make some money. Um, I, anyway, for whatever reason, we, we have really seen a, a nice surge in our orders and that's been awesome because it's going to allow us to, you know, keep the, the lights on and, and everybody working. So schedule out a day for us to sit down together and do an actual day of training, um, kind of reminiscent to the training that Andy and I just got back from a, a 
couple months ago from Tier 1 Machining um, in, uh, in New York. Although, again, I don't need to train everybody uh, to the level of programmer. I just need them to be able to uh, be competent on uh, running the machine and knowing when things aren't right um, so they can know when it's appropriate to stop and what to do in the event of an accident or you know a crash um, or stop a crash before it happens know what it what it feels and sounds like before a crash um, so uh, another idea here is from a Shigeo Shingo book I recently read all about pokeyoke uh, if you don't know what pokeyoke means uh, and maybe I'm saying it wrong uh, it means mistake proof um, it, it's it's designing a process so that whoever is going to be doing it literally cannot make a mistake um, minimizing guesswork or you know decision making and all of that just make it mistake proof from the get so uh, one of the the aspects of that book one of the fundamentals that they talk about in doing quality control um, was that you should, instead of checking quality after a part has been made, you should check the quality of the setup before the part is run. And by doing so, uh, you should be doing 100% inspection at that point, which means every single one is inspected, the setup is inspected before every part is run. Um, it, and so you know when the part comes out of the machine that it will be right because the setup was right. So, you know, making that kind of an aspect where we do that initial part setup, um, it's inspected and signed off by myself for the first period of time until uh, it'll most likely be Philip, our team lead, um, getting the, the majority of the training here so that he can look at it and say, yes, that is right. Um, you know, just imbuing a little confidence into the person running the, the machine and saying, yes, that's absolutely right. Everything, you know, matches standard. Um, and they have that reference material right there at the mill. Uh, so that when the parts start getting run, we don't have any surprises. Um, so, you know, that, that's another factor, especially with a CNC machine. I'm running these parts and I'm trying to think about it from the perspective of when somebody gets on here that doesn't have a lot of experience with this, uh, what can I add? You know, what little notes can I put into the program they can be watching for um, just to give them that, that extra uh, information and reference um, for doing a good job? Um, because I, I think that everyone that works for us has a huge passion and desire to do a good job. Um, so those are some of my thoughts about setting this system up. So I, I want to create that reference material, um, do a, a, a minimum of a, of a day training, and, and I'm going to have to see how that goes, and then we can kind of make a decision on how much and who gets trained on what past that point. Again, I, I'm not looking for programmers that can look at a part and say, okay, this is how you machine the part and put it in the machine. I, I just need them to be able to load the machine and run it safely. And then I need somebody to be able to inspect that setup on the machine, uh, you know, utilize the reference material and kind of sign off on every machine setup before the parts start getting run so that we know um, what to expect of the final parts that are coming out. So 
I've got some some information and reference material that needs to be put together. Um, I will probably start documenting that as I have jobs coming through. So as I'm running apart, we'll do the pictures and we'll take pictures of the setup and write the description uh, and create that documentary documentation as we go. Um, one of the things I, I really would like to see here is a uh, standardization of the documentation. Good night. This sounds crazy. But the, you know, like this is what I expected the pictures to look like so that I could even go to, for example, Megan, if I'm having Megan run some parts for us on the CNC, um, Megan, I want you to take these pictures of the process and, and, you know, fill out this description as you go, uh, to create a reference manual of the parts you're making. Um, and every time that you make a part, I want you to do this the same way so that it's coherent and cohesive and that, uh, you know, she knows what pictures to take of, you know, what process. So you take a picture of how you've moved the part, uh, before and after during every M1, which is a uh, optional stop, which is what I use when I'm programming the, that pause into the, into the program, um, to, to rotate a part in the, in the vice. Um, and, uh, you know, these are the important bits of information. Uh, so that's, that's kind of my, strategy for putting together, uh, taking some, some time to train people and move them up and, uh, and kind of work myself out of the job I've been doing, uh, for the last couple weeks being the, the CNC machinist for the shop has been super enjoyable. And I have, you know, I have such a passion for learning that, it, it feels really nice to spend all day there, but the reality is, uh, what happens is I'm, I'm keeping people working and fed with lots of good parts, and uh, we're improving the quality of the parts and ultimately the final machine. But some of my other responsibilities have really been pushed back to the wayside because um, I'm spending so much time and I'm so uh, involved in in setting up the CNC that it just you know it it, it it's inevitable. I, I really struggle to do multiple things at once. So, um, like today I was, I was running some parts. Lex got a, a super funny shot of me. Uh, I was doing some financial reports, uh, you know, sitting in front of the CNC while it was running. And that felt really cool to be able to do both, but, um, it's hard. It's super hard to, to stay really focused in on the details and do an excellent job on two things at the exact same time. And, uh, you know, not only is it hard in my experience, it's, it's, uh, a frantic exercise in futility. Um, two things poorly instead of one thing. Well, so anyway, that's my, uh, those are my thoughts. I'm pulling up in front of my house. got about a half an hour drive, uh, from the shop. So thank you for listening. And, uh, let me know what your thoughts are on, uh, on that vice jaw and, and how to set that, that up for a fixed stream. Thank you.